Hi, and welcome to Spot On. I'm Preeti Singh, and this week our guest is actor, musician, and activist Ollie Alexander. You might recognize Ollie from his leading role in the HBO Channel 4 drama called It's a Sin, as the multi platinum pop sensation Years and Years, or from any of his advocacy work around mental health and issues affecting the LGBTQ community. We talked about his journey from growing up gay in Yorkshire, England, to finishing an album and learning how to stay rooted in his authentic self. So let's tune in for this conversation with Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Welcome to Spot On Season 2. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Such a pleasure. And, you know, uh, you performed very recently for the Spotify virtual uh, event for Pride. um, And I hear that the performance was absolutely amazing. So I can't wait to talk about that. But for now, welcome to this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we had so much fun performing um, some songs for, yeah, for, for you guys the other day. It was just like, it was so much fun to perform again. That's, I... I know, it, but even though it was virtually, you couldn't, you know, you you had people just having a great time. So it felt like some of the old days are back with concerts and performances, which was amazing. Yes. So, Ali, I would love for our audience to get to know you better. Um, and t- if you can tell us a little bit about your background and your uh, childhood and how you made your foray into so many things that you do, uh, being a songwriter, being an actor, um, just this multifaceted individual uh, with so many talents. Um, if you can introduce yourself in your own words, that would be amazing. Oh, thank you, Breezy. That was such a uh, lovely <laughs> introduction. Um so my name is Ollie Alexander, and um, I was born, in, uh, I'm going to take you right back to the start. I was born in Yorkshire, Love it. <laughs> in England, and um, I always, always wanted to be a musician. I always was really into performing and singing, and um, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And then when I was about 17 years old, I kind of fell into this uh to getting an acting agent and I got an acting job and so I left college and I moved to London when I was 18 and I had these big dreams I was going to make it as an actor or a musician or something you know like I'd been very focused on uh making something of myself in like one of those kind of industries and then over the years kind of like over auditioning and writing music and kind of doing the same things I um started years and years um and things with the band took off and um over that time, I've really kind of tried to put, I, I, I've i made a lot of, my music is really about my identity, you know, so, and that's, I've taken that approach to songwriting, like, like, it's almost like a diary, like entries from my diary. So who I am and how I express myself is so important to me. And, and, and talking about my sexuality and my mental health became a really important aspect to that, because that's just who I wanted to be as an artist and how I wanted to present myself. And, um, that took on a life of its own and I've been really just so proud to 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 you know make a documentary about mental health within the queer community called Growing Up Gay and done various work with different charities and organizations and tried to use my platform to speak on things I believe are important and need you know discussion and um you know whilst all just doing pop music and and touring around the world which was so fun and I just like oh my gosh I 
I had the best, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really crazy few years and, um, I, uh, I'm just like, still feel like I'm getting started too, you know, like I, I, um, I recently did a TV show called It's a Sin, um, that highlighted the experiences of queer people in the 1980s in the UK and it had a huge, huge response and that has really kind of changed my life in many ways and I'm still kind of processing that, that happened really recently, so, uh yeah I guess that's a little bit about me <laughs> yeah I I find it so amazing that you know you bring your um you're putting so much of yourself not only in the work that you're doing but even out in the world and using your platform for so many uh great causes what made you do that you know I uh, it kind of it's, it, it wasn't like I had this sort of light bulb moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to bear my soul and be vulnerable. It kind of happened step by step. And I think I, when I was 18 years old, I moved to London and um, I wanted to, I, I was auditioning for roles as an actor and, and I wasn't out, you know, to the people I work with. And it took me a long time to, to be out to myself and to understand my sexuality and I, at the same time, had a lot of mental health struggles that really came to a head in my early 20s. So I was kind of in and out of therapy and just really trying to find a way to 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 manage my mental health and to live the, to live in a way that I just, you know, I just needed to take control of my life again. And I, started, I kind mm-hmm. of was doing that at the same time as years and years started to take off. And so all of that all of that is just to say I was in a sort of particular spot in my life in my I suppose journey in my mental health and my sexuality where I was really ready to go this is who I am and you know you like it or not like it's important to me that I get to express myself and that's what music and writing songs allowed me to do and um you know when you're an actor you I just never had the confidence to kind of be be so bold in myself and that's what I really discovered through music and and um so much of it was about you know like this uh, what I had been going through all these songs I would I was writing about were, were was about what I had been going through the, the, in the past few years in my 20s and was all about trying to figure out you know why I felt so depressed why I had anxiety why I was falling for like the wrong guys and I put all that into the music so it just kind of came out when I was talking Mm. about it because that's kind of the person I am I just like talk 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 I disclose stuff I like to share you know and so like it took on a life of its own it just kept going and I was like okay well you know I guess I'll see where this takes me and and um you know it's been the greatest I suppose experience of my life to connect with an audience over something that's so personal and yet is felt by and related to by so many other people you know no matter our sexuality or or where we are with our mental health like we all within us understand each other in a way that you know I, I think you know I've I've kind of witnessed firsthand and that's like wow I'm just so I'm so grateful for that experience. Did you ever imagine you would have a platform this big to talk about these things that are important to you? Oh gosh, no, I didn't really. <laughs> In one, on the one hand, I'll be honest, I always wanted to be famous. Like I always <laughs> wanted to be someone that like was. I used to dream about, you know, uh, you know, singing the songs in front of the mirror. You know, like being on a stage. Like I used to have those dreams, but you just, I never expected to be in the position I'm in now. Really, you, mm. you just nothing can ever. You know, I don't know. It's, it's nothing can ever 
it really takes you by surprise how it feels to be, I don't know, to just, I, I think that's really like whoever you are, you, you, the way you expect life to be never turns out that way. Um, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still figuring that stuff out, you know, but, um, and uh, I'm just like, okay, well, Ollie, if this is what you've got, you know, like you should, you, 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 you should do something with it. That's always kind of what's going on inside my head. How do you can, how do you protect your own mental health and well-being you know while while putting yourself out there while serving on this platform to talk about these issues to bring awareness for other people how are you doing that self-care for yourself um so I guess for me I had I have these you know so I still see a therapist once a week and uh, over the pandemic we've been skyping which has been amazing you know and I'm right so I had this like support support in place that I've had for a number of years mm. um so it's my therapist you know I still take medication I take antidepressants um I you know so I see my doctor every six well at the moment every six months to check in and um you know over the years I've had different variations of that um as well as you know my own kind of personal stuff where I'm like I keep a diary <laughs> I try and look mm. after my plants stuff that I build <laughs> into a routine right um and and all of that stuff isn't connected to being, you know, like in the spotlight or pu- in the public eye necessarily. You know, that's just like stuff Ollie needs to do for Ollie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but being in the public eye, like, is like um sometimes really just over- so overwhelming and because and it exposes you so kind of harshly. Sometimes I like, I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said the things I said or I've um, revealed something that's so vulnerable about myself, which sounds quite strange, but like I, I can really regret it sometimes afterwards and go, oh, I wish I'd never said that or I wish I hadn't. And then there's another part of me that goes, oh, it's okay. Like that's, you know, it's such a strange, so it's a strange experience to kind of be sort of like wrestling with that inner kind of conflict with your own <laughs> sort of identity and vulnerability and it being sort of broadcasted out to other people. But it's just the way it is. And, and, and you know, I... Uh, I can't remember what the question was now, but <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate with what you just said about regretting their words in the moment. And then hi, this is the perfect thing to say. And you wake up a month later and it never strikes you when you re- really need to say it. But I can understand that. And I totally relate to that as well. Um, I think that the uh, the part that is so interesting is I watched this interview that you did where you were sitting in front of the mirror and asking questions and answering it. And I thought that was such an interesting experiment, a human experiment. And I was so shocked with how well you handled that episode because you seemed so comfortable in your own skin and to be able to look at your own reflection and answer these really deep questions. Um, And I know you get emotional in that interview, but for the most, and even that was wonderful to see, But I just have to comment that you seem so comfortable and in your skin. And I think that's a mark of someone who's done a lot of work on themselves um, and takes good care of themselves. Do you think that where you are right now in your life, you're uh, you are always your authentic self? I I think (laughs) I love that question. I I think so. I think, you know, the uh, authentic I've thought a lot about the authentic self and um, selfhood generally and what it and what even is that like in the in 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 its essence you know <laughs> um that's a tricky question to answer yeah. but I feel very much like I'm 
uh, like embodied within myself now somehow more than I used to be, if that makes sense. So that's a good feeling, you know, and, and uh, but I still have all these moments where I go, why did I do that? And why, you know, I'm, I'm not like a different, like a different Ollie is operating here and I'm not quite sure what he's doing. And, you know, I'm annoyed at him or stuff like that, you know, and, but I think we have to allow ourselves, we are so many different people all the time and our, our authentic selves are so fluid as well. So, you know, it's, it's all about being flexible enough to like change and, but, but strong enough to feel rooted in, in, your, yeah. in your own self. And giving yourself the space to figure it out when you don't have it all <laughs> worked out. Um, if I could ask you about the future, you know, what are you hoping to continue to work on? What do you foresee for yourself ahead? Outside of more amazing singles, like the recent one that came out, Starstruck, if, which is beautiful. So I hope you continue to create more beautiful music like that. Um, but what do you envision for yourself in, you know, years ahead? Well, I don't know, I guess, is the my honest answer. I um, <laughs> I have some, you know little ideas of stuff I would love to do like I don't know develop a tv show or an idea or just a story at this point like um I don't know something science fiction-y uh or I just really want to see kind of what comes my way what happens next I have I I I am definitely bringing out an album here so like that is my focus and um you know, I'm, it's uh, always takes on a life of its own, you know, so that's the exciting thing is not knowing what's going to come next and just being a little bit more, okay, let's see what happens. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about a little bit um, about the creative process that you go through when you're creating the, the music um, and putting an album out? What does that process look like? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, gosh, I won't lie. It's, it's a struggle <laughs> only, <laughs> only because I mean I guess if it was really easy it, I mean it's uh, it's it's just I think any I definitely find any creative project I go through and I think most people experience this too when they make something you go through so many highs and lows places where you feel good about so so this is me when I'm writing music I feel good about it then I feel um like then I want to throw it away then I go back to it and then I go oh will anyone like it and then it's and then it's just so hard to feel I like it's just I find it really hard to get to the point where I go okay the album is finished but it's taken like 18 months but now the album is pretty much finished and um the creative process really like it's just also uh, just tried to let it happen anywhere anyhow at any moment like I've written so many songs and I've tried to be really like uh um like mercenary about it and been like okay I'm gonna write a song a day I'm gonna make it work no matter what I've tried to just be like then throwing that out the door and try to be really loose and just take inspiration from like something I see on the street stuff like that you know like just to Mm -hmm. figure out what works and eventually it came together but it's um but yeah I think I'm just one of those people that kind of just yeah you get so caught up in the process and you really it's it tortures you because you want it to be good you know <laughs> and so you're just like ah and then you have to let it go and that's it and then you just separate yourself once it's out there and you watch it exactly then you want to do something then I'm always like okay what's next I want to do something new next <laughs> <laughs> oh that sounds uh 
like you said, it sounds like torture, but also really exciting. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, is there is there a time in your career or your life where you um, really had to go about disrupting or pushing through a barrier, whether that was internal or external, um, in in getting what you wanted? Oh, well, I think disruption and it can look really different It can, because I think it can come in like big and small ways. And when I think back over my my career in the, in the music industry, especially, it's felt like sometimes really difficult to just be openly queer and to, you know, in ways that really could kind of take me by surprise, like when I'm on a lineup with, um, you know, I don't know, for a festival or, or, or some showcase or whatever it is, and I'm the only queer artist on the lineup. And suddenly I, people get a bit funny if I'm, if I'm not wearing, you know, if I'm going to take my top off or something, or, you know, it's like, or I get told to have, make sure my show is family friendly. And I'm, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, that mm. you're saying that years and years or me, just my body and, and being gay is not family friendly. That's a little, that's a little homophobic, <laughs> you mm. know? Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. So I kind of, I suppose that's to say along the way, there are all these moments where I kind of, I've tried to, you know, I, I suppose years and years and we, we do kind of move in quite a mainstream space in the UK, especially, but the, I feel like pop music and, and it's kind of like a little Trojan horse sometimes because you can kind of infiltrate a mainstream space and kind of, for me, it's about kind of like queering it a little bit. Like I'm going to make it a little queerer, just, just a little something, you know, <laughs> if I can. So that's why I never show up to like an award show or a red carpet or whatever wearing a suit because I just don't like suits I, I, it's just my yeah. choice like I don't like being in menswear <laughs> like so I'm gonna try and like just challenge a little bit what 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 a man should be wearing on the red carpet it's just this tiny thing I kind of you know it's stuff like that along the way and uh that's my that would be my yeah that's kind of what comes to mind <laughs> I read an interview of yours um from a while ago where you said uh, there aren't many songs um, with where, where male singers are singing male pronouns um, in that you actually wrote a lot of your songs as you and I instead of uh, feeling comfortable to use the male pronoun. And I thought that is a disruptive thought. That is such a unique way to call out inequity. And that is so disruptive. And I think you were quite young when you said that. So I thought that was even more uh, disruptive and incredible that a younger human being is able to have the realization that for years and years it's just existed as a norm what made you what made you come to that realization well I suppose because I personally had struggled with it myself writing songs and mm -hmm. um I I was writing a song called real that was on our first album and um I snuck in a lyric uh, that was do it boy and um it kind of refer you know if you listen to the song it's sort of you could maybe hear that lyric and not contextualize it as me singing to a boy but it but it also made it very clear to anyone who was listening that I was singing to a boy um and I remember feeling really scared about this song that someone would say something like someone at my label would say something or maybe someone in my band would say something like Ollie you know because it was the first time I had really done it and um I, and uh, I think 
and it was just no one commented you know it just completely sailed by no one no one made a thing about it and I was like oh my god like why haven't I <laughs> you know and the thing is it's it is different. you know this song was kind of it's, it's on an album track it's not like a it's not playing a little pop radio I mean it got played on the radio it did get played on the radio so I was like okay that's amazing you know like you need it <laughs> like but so, so so it's not just because I I remember so anyway so I just had this I just think I just said it like oh yeah for myself, like I wish I, I wish there were more songs about boys. It, you know, if I had seen more songs of boys just saying, "Oh, I like this boy," like I think that might have been helpful to me, you know. And then that yeah. was a cross, that cross. And then you think, well, hang on a second, like why is this heterosexual norm still so prevalent? Like there are so many queer relationships, so many different. We're still so used to this. So you know, um, but I think even in the years I said that, uh, it's changed quite a bit, and we've seen, you know many more artists really just claim their sexuality in a way that's like just so amazing to me yeah and it's normalizing and it's uh you know you know there are people out there that are feeling more accepted um in them their own selves because of that so um you know you're the there was a bbc drama in it's a sin uh where you you know talked about being gay in the late 1980s there was a lot of stigma and misinformation um and that was an amazing um special by the way but do you feel like we've made we've come far from that as a society since then um and i i'm curious to hear what kind of parallels you probably drew from that work between then and now well i th- i i mean you know HIV in the 1980s was a death sentence and HIV today is not, you know, someone living with HIV has a normal life, you know, on effective treatment, you know, it it doesn't, you know, you can't pass the virus on. And in that sense, the incredible progress that has been made since, you know, the, the, the 1980s when it's a sin was, was set is just so amazing, you know, blows my mind. And I'm so grateful that we're in such a different position today but the stigma around HIV still persists and it still exists like around the world. And of course, HIV is, was, it never was a gay disease. It never was, <laughs> but it began as something that was considered so and um, hasn't, and is now something completely different and affects communities globally in different ways all around the world. But the, the stigma that it's a gay disease and the stigma around HIV generally is still is still a huge mm-hmm. issue and I, and doing it's a sin really showed that to me because so many people were not aware of the truth of what happened in the 1980s or, or they weren't aware of the situation of HIV today and there's been a lot of misinformation a lot of you know it's not taught in schools it's not so so that really opened my eyes to how much this conversation is just really ongoing and and needs to be had continually multi with uh between generations too because i think there was a lot of um trauma that got unearthed with it's mm-hmm. a sin and that had been trying to a lot of this had been brushed under the carpet so so in that sense there's that there's, there's, you know i think oh wow um the 1980s was not long ago you know like i was born in 1990 so i just missed yeah. it but um i <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's yeah and I grew up in in the UK right after um se- uh right after that when section 28 was introduced in the UK it was really a response to the AIDS crisis and in, in uh, and it meant that homosexuality was effectively banned from any education from any schools from from anywhere and, and I grew up 
in the school system when that was in place. And, and so that really made sense to me looking back on why the school environment was quite homophobic. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that only got taken, Section 28 was only um, re- like removed in 2000 and I can't remember what, 2001, I believe. So it's like, it's not that long ago, you know, these things are still in place yeah. and they take dec- decades and generations and they still go on and on. So it's just... I think it never really stops uh, in 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 on the one hand, you know. Yeah, and in, in and that's why it's so important for uh influential or influencers or influential folks to speak about it because then you're trying to break the cycle of it. So, um I really commend you for the work that you're doing. Um and the help that it it, it the 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 sort of the, the how it normalizes it for the next generation. You know, we're recording this during Pride Month um, and it feels more than ever it should be something that's celebrated and we're mindful of and, uh, you know, just bringing more awareness to these issues that, you know, affect our LGBTQ communities around us. Um, How are you celebrating, if I can ask you? Oh, well, um, yes. Happy Pride. Happy Um, Pride. (laughs) I'm not going to any marches or um, like events or gatherings or parties or anything because obviously most they've all kind of been cancelled because of COVID. Um, But uh, I actually have just read a really amazing book called Detransition Baby by Tori Peters, uh, trans American trans woman who, who, uh, this book, I really recommend everybody listening to go read it. It's just a really amazing uh, insight and just story about um, trans motherhood, about being trans. I just loved it so, so much. And actually before that, I read, um, uh, I just, uh, the the selected diaries of Lou Sullivan, who was a trans man, um, part of the ACT UP era, lived in San Francisco and really was that just the forefront of, 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 of all of that and an absolute legend. And his diaries were amazing to read. So I suppose, I, I uh, and, and well, also the other night I did hang out with my um, queer friends and we played board games. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a little pride. Sounds like a fun night. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, all of that, like I, uh, m- yeah, just want to yeah support trans people, especially like always. But I think, yeah. you know, just especially right now. And, um, you know, that's really, yeah, <sighs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Ali, do you have any advice for um, our younger population that may be listening to you, enjoying your music, uh, watching you, um, and who might have faced or may be facing some of the same issues that you did, uh, whether that's from bullying or eating disorder or any me- mental health problems that they might be facing? Do you have any advice for them? Uh, yeah, so I would say to anybody going through any of that right now, like, I, I, you're I, like, this is the thing I think uh, advice is so, is so difficult. Cause I was just, I think about myself at this age and whether I could have really heard the advice that I, that I wanted to, should maybe have listened to, but I guess I'm like, I would say like, I'm sorry you're going through this. Like, it's going to be okay. It's the The one thing that we can rely on, on this world is change and change is going to happen whether you like it or not so if you feel if you're feeling really desperate right now like tomorrow you might feel differently and that's like the first kind of thing I would say and 
the second like practical advice I would like keeping a diary is a really good one because that can really just help you like figure out how you're really feeling and it gives you like a, a direct like link to yourself that's like your own thing that you get to have that no one else does um and all that stuff that like for me when I was younger and I said I've spoken like about this but I, I was so ashamed of myself right like all this all these bits and parts of myself I just really wish were different and then and now looking back I can go oh like all that stuff was what made me me and I'm really actually grateful for all of this unique and this all the ways I kind of struggled like actually Mm -hmm. all those all those things that I thought were 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 negatives turned out to be positives right they turned out to be fuel for for my life for for the for for, and I've had an amazing time right so (laughs) I can at least say that to myself and um and 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 I hope that that could resonate with whoever like wanted to hear that really um I feel like that is very practical advice that would appeal to folks that are probably, like you said, not very sort of moved by advice that might be hitting them from everywhere. Because it is it is hard to grow up in this generation for the young people now. So I think that your advice is spot on to just know that the world will change and know that good things can come from suffering as well. Yes, yes. And to reach out, you know, like, honestly, that's, if if you have someone you trust, someone close to you, a family member, a friend, someone you know that you trust, mm-hmm. like reach out because because you're sharing something like sharing what you're going through. Like it just it always, always helps, you know, with someone you trust. I had such a wonderful time speaking with you and just going a little bit deeper into your background and your journey so far. And I'm just I'm just uh, think you're such a special individual and you have so many talents and I can't wait to see everything that you're going to do in your career oh you're so sweet oh thank you Breezy. it's been such a pleasure to talk to you um thank you thank thank you for your time and thank you for joining us at spot on yes thank you for having me